Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program that looks at the factors facing our attitude and actions to motoring and transport. I'm David Brown and in this program we look at news stories including a number of large car manufacturers facing heavy fines. We discuss the situation with Volkswagen and their fudging of pollution measurements from their cars as well as talking about their latest new car launch in Australia. We discuss the new Lexus IS200 and in our panel discussion with Errol Smith we take a light-hearted look at stories including two Russian five-year-olds dig their way out of a daycare centre to buy a sports car. The lads have style. Have a question or a comment, send it to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au. Now let's get the program going. First the news. It's the biggest motoring scandal in years. Volkswagen, one of the world's largest automakers, has admitted it rigged emission tests in diesel-powered vehicles in the United States. US regulators have charged the German giant with manufacturing vehicles designed to evade government pollution controls. The vehicles included software made to meet clean air standards during official emission testing, but which would intentionally turn off during normal operations. As a result, the diesel cars emit greater than allowed quantities of pollution linked to smog and various health issues. Volkswagen will now have to recall over half a million cars and could face penalties of up to 18 million US dollars. That's about 25 million Australian dollars. The CEO of Volkswagen AG said in a statement that he is deeply sorry that the company has broken the trust of their customers and the public. Shares in the auto giant fell as much as 20% when the problem was announced. Time will tell if the company will recover from this major setback. And still in the US, for some time now, General Motors has been caught up in a controversy about a weakness in some of their car's ignition switches, which may cause a vehicle to go into the steering lock position as it was driving along, therefore making the car impossible to steer and turning off features such as brake assistance and airbags. Now General Motors will pay 900 million US dollars, or about 1.2 billion Australian dollars, after it failed to recall millions of faulty cars linked to 124 deaths and hundreds more injuries. General Motors said it had reached agreements to settle significant portions of the civil litigation brought against it over faulty ignition switches, that prompted the recall of 2.5 million cars last year. The deals were announced alongside the settlement with US prosecutors to end a criminal probe into the switch problems. China's leading bus maker, Yutong, has successfully completed a self-driving trial operation on the intercity road between Zhengzhou and Kaifeng. Covering a distance of 33 kilometres, the intercity route included a total of 26 traffic lights. Despite this and heavy traffic, the autonomous bus successfully completed a series of highly complex driving manoeuvres, including automatic lane changes, overtaking and responding to traffic signals. The bus arrived at its destination without any human assistance, with its highest speed reaching 68 km per hour. 
According to many leading industry experts, the greatest advantage of unmanned vehicles is their much improved active safety standards, which are likely to eliminate or reduce all kinds of current traffic accidents. Jaguar has recently released its first SUV model, the F-Pace. Some think that it's surprising for Jaguar to create an SUV because its sister brand, Land Rover, produces nothing but SUVs. Both are owned by India's Tata Motors. But Land Rover sales have been taking off in America, while Jaguar sales are struggling. The F-Pace will be offered with a choice of supercharged V6 petrol engine or a 180-horsepower four-cylinder diesel engine. It will be the first Jaguar to offer automatic emergency braking, a system that will apply the brakes automatically if an impending collision is detected. It will also offer a traffic sign recognition system that will inform the driver of speed limits based on the actual signs as well as on GPS data. Jaguar also recently released the XE entry-level sedan, which is designed to compete directly against cars like the BMW 3 Series and the Mercedes-Benz C-Class. Audi's new head of design, Mark Licht, believes that one of the biggest revolution in cars will be the car's interior. The Audi Q6 e-tron concept car shown at the recent Frankfurt Motor Show demonstrates this trend by having no buttons at all on the dashboard and smartphone touchscreens in place of a conventional fascia with visible switches. Lick's first design car for Audi will be the 2017 A8, which will be the first production car to show off his ideas for the buttonless dashboard. Hot hatches have produced some great driving experiences, but they have not always been seen as a performance vehicle when compared to the big muscle V8s. Now the new Ford Focus RS, which is due in Australia in 2016, will accelerate from 0 to 100 kilometres in just 4.7 seconds, which is faster than a V8 Mustang. It is also faster than traditional hot sedans such as the Subaru WRX. The Focus has a 2.3-litre turbocharged engine and an all-wheel-drive system. The car not only goes fast in a straight line, but it is said to corner remarkably well, generating lateral forces in excess of 1G. The Focus RS will be offered solely with a six-speed manual transmission. And that has been the news. The news of Volkswagen's fudging the diesel pollution tests hit the media a few days before they had their latest launch of a new car in Australia. Brent Davidson from the Newcastle Herald and the Illawarra Mercury was at the launch and he is on the line to tell us all about both issues. Brent, uh, I presume they weren't too keen to talk about the pollution subject. Well, David, they were happy to talk about it. They just didn't know an awful lot about it because it, it kind of broke with with um, tidal wave-like ferocity. 
at, at about the same time as, uh, as as we were assembling to um, to, to look at the new uh, the new cards. Mm. Now let's just talk about what it means. Is when they they do tests, and I believe the companies do the test to check fuel consumption and pollution. They have a depending on which country they're in. They have a standard series of tests. In Australia, it runs for about twenty minutes. It goes through four cycles of urban area and then does a little bit of a cycle for uh, the uh, sort of rural uh, motorway sort of travelling. But, of course, it's not on the road. It's in a laboratory. And Absolutely. so the car sits there. The steering wheel doesn't move at all, but the wheels are on a dynamometer at the back, and uh, they go through this series. So what Volkswagen very – well, it's someone in Volkswagen very cleverly said was, we can detect when it's in that test phase – And when it's in the test phase, they will spurt some other chemicals, urea, I think it is, into the exhaust, in diesel engines this is, which will make the pollution uh, much less. They can't do that all the time the car's running, otherwise you'd have to carry a huge amount of chemical around with you. So it does well in the tests, but not on the road. Uh, That's uh, really defying the very um, honourable principle of the tests, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. Um, interestingly, this this thing is called a defeat device, and and it's beautifully um, described. I'd suggest beautifully named um, because it, it it essentially defeats the purpose of uh, of someone finding out that that they're um, that they're cheating. Yes, we should talk about pollution. There, it's not uh, CO two. Uh, the amount of no. car- carbon dioxide you produce you can't do anything about that it all depends on how much fuel you burn but you can uh, filter out other pollutants particularly nitrogen oxide and that's what catalytic converters and things they filter out other pollutants which is what has reduced the amount of smog in areas not not greenhouse gas of co2 but the, the smog bit so that's that's what it's all about now the volkswagen that's right, that's right. It's it could it's it's huge problem for them, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, we're talking about um, the current number is uh, about eleven million cars affected worldwide. Um, it, it was discovered in the states first, and they thought it was you know not a, not a well a bad number. It really was a bad number. Um, probably around the two hundred and fifty thousand. Mark and and then then the, uh, the word word got out and Volkswagen admitted that yeah well maybe their um the, the cars that are fitted with the EA one eight nine two liter turbo diesel engine are probably affected and um, this is uh, now eleven million cars and and that's that's remarkable in, in its size I mean. <laughs> You really can't describe it. We're looking at a cost factor. I mean, in the States, just in the US alone, every car that is found to have been tampered with is subject to a fine of up to $37,500 US. Now, if if this is applied at the full weight of the law, we're talking about a payout of $18 billion US dollars just in that one country. That's not taking into account any other country in in this great big world of ours. So it's $18 billion in the US alone. 
it, it kind of makes the Greek price look a bit ordinary, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Of course, Volkswagen builds many brands, but not all of them would use this diesel engine. But uh, Audi, Seat, Skoda, I, are they affected? Well, currently, David, they're talking about the cars. Now, this doesn't apply just to Australia. Again, we don't know um, if there are any cars, uh, but the, the cars they're mentioning at the moment on a global scale are the Passat, Jetta, Golf, Beetle, Tiguan and Audi A3 all running that one engine, the EA189 two-litre engine. Yep. But tell me about the Lexus, David. I mean, I'm, you've made me a little jealous. You got to drive a car that basically compares to uh, a BMW 3 Series, um, an Audi A4. Well, tell me all about it. it wasn't a diesel. Let's uh, have a quick music, music break. <laughs> we'll have a quick music break and we'll come back to that. And Brent and I have a longer interview that's put up on our website at drivenmedia.com.au about the Volkswagen situation and also about their launch of some station wagons in the Golf range that are performance and a little bit of all-wheel drive toughness without going over the top. Overdrive. If you have a question, suggestion or comment, send an email to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au. The IS is the entry size car within the Lexus range. The first IS came out in 1999. It had a two litre. But by the way, it was an interestingly, it had a six cylinder engine. The engine size has tended to increase as they've had other models, but they've just recently dropped their V6, gone back to a two litre, but it is different. It's a four cylinder turbo. Price between $57,500 and $76,500. I went to the launch, so I thought in this case i'd have a bit of a chat uh, with brent who uh, and we invite back sean hanley the guy from lexus said it's a good time to be playing in the luxury market that is on fire i've got to say that luxury market is doing very well at the moment it really is and lexus i mean lexus isn't a big player here they they still rank well down below mercedes-benz audi bmw uh but they're getting some really, really good product out. And, and this one I like. Um, as I said before the break, it, this is a car, this 200T, two-litre turbocharged engine in a, in a smallish car. But, but it rates in there with the uh, Audi A4 and maybe the S4, maybe not. Uh, Mercedes-Benz C-Class, um, BMW 3 Series, you know, there are some good things that it plays against. And it has this uh, turbocharged engine, which comes out of the NX um, SUV that was introduced earlier this year. But it gets a little more power, about the same level of torque. Am I right, David? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's got about uh, 18% more power and about 39% more torque. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. uh, And it uses 18% less fuel. So it's really going... in some ways, you can look at a, a similar sort of approach to Ford and their Echo Boost, where you can now get a Mustang with a four-cylinder engine. But, of course, it's a turbocharged engine uh, that goes rather well. Th- th- this whole luxury market, the, the general market in Australia is up nearly a few percent so far this year. But uh, if you look at it, 
things like passenger cars, uh, if they're below the, the, the cheapy, well, the, the, the lower cost range, they're down, but the luxury versions are up. And it's another interesting trend. It's not just, uh, it used to be luxury cars were big cars. You know, you thought about having a big Mercedes. Well, That's right. it, it's the small and medium sized luxury cars that are really making their mark. Uh, in fact, the large luxury car segment is uh, declining. It's, um, yeah, it, it look, it's really strange because uh, it's been noted in Europe that uh, this has been happening and, and the European manufacturers have been building the small cars, equipping the small cars with, with the same level of refinement and, and equipment as, as the big cars that people are now not buying so much. And they're, they're saying you know, people are getting to that point, they don't want the big car, but they want everything that goes with it except the size. Yeah, you take large luxury cars, they're down 12.5%. And in fact, uh, not so expensive large cars are only down 4.7%. But you go into the, the medium-sized market, the general uh, below $60,000, they're down nearly 2%. The luxury mm. ones are up 32%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the same, not quite this, as bigger figures, but in the small, uh, the... Uh, cheaper small ones are down nearly 9% and the expensive ones are up nearly 7%. So it's a luxury market is, is on fire, but also it's the small to medium size that's really doing it. David, one of these days we are going to take your calculator off you. You know that, don't you? Yeah, sorry, I keep throwing numbers. <laughs> but, but what I find a, a bit interesting about this new Lexus is that... Um, it, it replaces a 2.5-litre V6 uh, naturally aspirated engine. So it's a 2-litre, replacing a 2.5, but actually has 27 kilowatts more power and, as you said, bags more torque while, while getting better fuel consumption numbers. Now, I want to drive one of these turbocharged Lexuses now. <laughs> i tell you what, you drive my Volkswagen, I'll drive your Lexus. <laughs> okay, it's a deal. And then we can uh, reprise our discussions. Exactly right, exactly right. Brent, lovely to talk to you, mate. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. David, it's always my pleasure. Brent Davidson from the Newcastle Herald and the Illawarra Mercury, this time talking about the IS200 Turbo, the Lexus that they've just launched onto the market. Overdrive. For more information and past programs, go to drivenmedia.com.au. And it's Quirky News time, and joining me again this week is Errol Smith. G'day, Errol. G'day, David. Uh, just a touch on a subject that we raised a week or so ago, that Holden is making a deal with Star Wars, and we wondered just how that might express itself. Well, now the Holden Racing Team has announced that their car, that will be driven by Garth Tander and Warren Luff, will be decked out in a one-off Star Wars livery, to promote the highly anticipated Star Wars The Force Awakens. 
Now, apparently, uh, well, actually, Star Wars The Force the Force Awakens is a very good expression because Holden Racing Team have been doing nothing as far as winning races are concerned. <laughs> and for them to awaken might not be a bad idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's about time they uh, they woke up and performed, isn't it? Um, I, I don't yes, know it, if, it, um, how comfortable their performance will be because this thing is uh, it's basically black. <laughs> and it's got a uh, uh, some uh, you know sort of the the uh, evil evil baddie from the um, uh, from the new movie on the side, um, and um, he's red, of course. So you know, Kylo Ren is the um, the baddie. The baddie. Um, and he's got uh, a red lightsaber. He, yeah, of course, because red's evil. Right. Because you've got to be able to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, Errol, blue, we're getting blue, blue or green world... is the good guys okay okay <laughs> we're getting into world championship wrestling aren't we yeah you know, pretty the, much we yeah. create back bad characters this uh, they're going to be the alan moffat of the modern era <laughs> alan moffat for those who are too old to remember was the guy who was a crap crabby um means well yeah, yeah very negative sort of person who used to race against peter brock and of course peter brock was the goodie and Alan Moffat was the baddie, a little bit like Dick Johnson being the baddie to Peter Brock's goodie as well. So, yeah, yeah it's world championship wrestling. You you create baddies yes. and goodies. You you boo them and or cheer them depending on what your religion is. Yeah. So if the if the if the racing isn't that interesting, then you've got to create something around it, don't you? Um, now now of course um, uh, Disney, who owns Star Wars, they they haven't changed the name of the. You haven't changed the name of the the ship to the Millennium Commodore, uh, like we suggested they might. Um, but um, what they what they have done with Holden is they've got the May the G Force be with you merchandise um, to go along with all this uh, um, this stuff here. So um, if you if you want to get into the whole you know Star Wars Holden crossover weird merchandising thing, um, you can um, you can spend money. and and pay lots of money. Um, you can get yourselves uh, a Star Wars uh, HRT First Order Kylo Ren sponsor track jacket for a mere one hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, or or a basic T-shirt will still set you back forty bucks. Um, this is a something that's made for a dollar fifty in China, isn't it? Oh, of course, yeah. But um, I guess they're uh, they're pretty much all the same, aren't they? It's, uh, no matter what team you look at, they're all pretty much the same price. Um, they're so, really uh, playing the baddie. They've got the Holden Racing Team Resistance Chewy Sponsor Track Jacket. Mm, mm. Chewy yep. being Chewbacca. Yeah, well, well, Chewy, Chewy's a good guy, um, but he doesn't look very happy. He kind of looks a bit angry, um, the way he's depicted there. Uh, but, um, yeah, you've got, uh, you got a few options there. Uh, I, I I don't know where they're going for this, but... Um, um, Money. Yes, I suppose that's, that's the where answer, they're going. Money. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I years ago, years ago, I met the lady who was manager at the time of Holden merchandising, and the merchandising had quadrupled in amounts over about three or four years. It was just going gangbusters, and at Bathurst, people were lining up on a Thursday morning. Uh, remembering that the Bathurst race is not until the Sunday, but there mm. is a bit of practice on the build-up days like Friday and Saturday. Mm. A and they were lining up on Thursday morning for when the merchandising tent opened its flaps. 
first mm. thing, and they were queuing up to buy the stuff. Mm. Mm. I think I the don't, um, I don't get it, actually. I mean, there, there, there has been the Star Wars collectors, of course, who collect everything Star Wars, but I think it's it's exploded so much that it's impossible to keep up with uh, with um, everything Star Wars related. But um, the thing is, these cars are pretty expensive, so I don't think that this the paint job on this is going to stay. It'll get stripped off and replaced with something else. So. Uh, Unless uh, there's yeah. some massive farm out uh, fan out there who's prepared to actually buy the vehicle as is before they repaint it. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I'm amazed too, it's got an HRT Holden Racing Team lanyard. That's a thing that goes around your neck. Of yes. course, it's a great trendy thing to have something around your neck. You know, I, I, I often have press sort of material, uh, you know, tickets and that around your neck, and you and you 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 have credibility. Mm. You know, it, it has a certain panache about it by having these sorts of things around your neck. But you've got to pay $15. I've got a million of them mm. uh, all been given uh, yeah, to me bit, over the years. I've, it's, it's a bit I'll, of string. I'll sell mine for 14 Yeah, <laughs> It's a bit of string with a metal hook on the end, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day. But uh, anyway, you know, if it, oh. uh, look, if it makes you happy, get out there and... Uh, and get some of your your Star Wars slash Holden thing. I, I guess if you're a fan of Star Wars and you're a fan of the Holden Racing team, then you know this is just you know Nirvana for you, isn't it? So, <laughs> so maybe these are the V8s you're looking for. <laughs> Let's get down to some new quirky stories. Two five-year-old Russian boys have used spades to dig their way out of their kindergarten and set off on a mission to buy a Jaguar sports car. And now I reckon the children have learnt to escape their boundaries and they now desire high-priced consumer goods. And they say education system is failing. I think they're perfect for these kids. It's done them well. <laughs> I, I thought they were digging for oil so they could get themselves a diesel. <laughs> but apparently yeah. they, they didn't have any money with them. Ah, so, so they're they also learning the art of doing it on on credit. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this I mean, is by the, all by the, the education they need. By the time their parents have paid it off, they'll be old enough to drive it. <laughs> Local education authorities responded by firing the supervisor in charge at the time and giving a warning to the acting head. The yeah, guy the, they fired the, is now the working for Jaguar. The, the supervisor of the nursery, we should say, not the uh, not the car dealership. Yes, yes. Well, well, he's now probably working for Jaguar. <laughs> now, the, the, the thing is, the children's parents did not submit any complaint against the kindergarten. I reckon they're waiting to see if they got a car. Right? <laughs> Errol, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you again for your time this week. No worries, David. See you later. That's Errol Smith, and we were talking some quirky news. And there's some more quirky news on our website with Errol at drivenmedia.com.au where we talk about other stories such as the university students that build a 100-foot-long Meccano bridge, the Icon A5, the closest thing to a flying car that you'll get today, and a man pays his college parking ticket fees 40 years after graduating.
And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Errol Smith, David Campbell, Brent Davidson, Brian Smith and Paul Just for their great help during the program. Overdrive is syndicated to stations across Australia on the Community Radio Network. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.